Welcome to a brand new episode of Views of an X Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I'd like to thank y'all all for tuning in as each and every week I bring you an episode of Somebody Talking About Their Ex. And this week is episode 47, and it features New Jersey native, rapper, producer, engineer, IT official. Now, I met IT official in LA when I was out there, and I linked up with my homeboy, Steve Sam. And Steve Sam is a rapper, and he knows everybody. And when I found out he was out there, I was like, yo, I'm going to pull up on you. And he was like, you know what? Come to this spot. I'm going to a studio my man is building. Come and pull up. So I went, and there was a whole bunch of creators. There was an artist that was just drawing people in the room. There was a rapper. There was producers. And I was just feeding off the energy. Like, I love just that atmosphere of just being around uh, creators. So as I'm talking to everyone, I noticed how smart IT official is. And I'm like, yo, I want to pick this guy's brain. He knows a lot. And what he was saying when I was telling him about the podcast is that um, he's been through some shit. Like, he's been through some things, and he would love to be on the podcast. So we got it done, and he told an amazing story, man. Like, it's the first time um, I've seen a rapper talk about their mental health in this aspect. And he even put out an album recently about mental health. You don't see rappers doing that. And I like to big him up and, and shout him out for doing that, man, because that's that's important. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. It's episode 47 featuring IT Official. Leave feedback on this episode. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcast app, please leave a rate and a review. Keep spreading the word about this podcast. Share it with your friends, your coworkers, your family. And go to viewsofanx.com and subscribe so you can get an email blast from me about updates, new merch, and just everything that's happening with Views of an X. I'd like to thank y'all. I'll see y'all next week. Bye. IT, you want to be called IT or Travis? Um, yeah, you can call me. Uh, I guess what do I want people? You call me. You can call me Travis, man. Call me Travis. That's cool. I I switch back and forth. IT Travis, whatever. That's cool. How's your day, man? Yo, it was great, man. It was great. Um, I just uh, just I'm I'm really blessed, man. I'm, I'm excited. I've been working on this new studio and stuff. I'm with good people right now and love in sunny California, bro. You know. I know. How Came long have you been in Jersey? I love it. Yeah, yeah. You're from Jersey. How long have you been in, in L.A.? Uh, just over a year now, man. One COVID year, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a COVID year is like, it, it seems longer than a regular year, you know. But like, it's Right, <laughs> right, right. Because a lot of things happened this year, man. It's this long year. And it's good to see you again. I was just in L.A. and I, we was chopping it up and everything. You're a smart dude. And I was like, I got to have this dude on my, on my show because you have a lot of things going for yourself. Especially with the studio and everything going in LA, I'm like, that's a good trip, and you making things happen. So that's that's. Thanks, bro. I appreciate man. that. Yeah, man. And you wanted to come on the show. It's about exes, and you have an ex yeah. that you like to talk about. Yeah, man. Uh, when you told me the topic of this podcast, I was like, oh, I know I met you for a reason. We gonna sit. We gonna <laughs> chop it up, man. We can just chop it up. Right, right, yeah, man. But before we get um, into all that, let the people know a little bit about yourself. Word up, yeah, man. I'm uh, I'm 29 years old. Um, half black, half white. Um, originally, I was born in you know in New York. I've lived in Jersey most of my life. Just got out to LA. 
Um, I'm a hip hop artist. Um, I've been, you know, making music most of my life. That's why I came out to LA was to just push, you know, push my career further, you know, meet new people. And um, yeah, man, I've uh, a lot of the music that I write about really is inspired by love and relationships that I've been in. And um, yeah, that's where I draw a lot of my pain from and stuff too, man. So it's a important that's topic. Dope. And it's the, it's the first time I've ever seen an artist make music for mental health. It's the first time I've ever oh, yeah. seen that. So uh, get more into that. What, what, what inspired you to make hip hop for mental health? Man, I mean, aside from just the year that we've had and I feeling like, you know, there's a space for it and a need for it right now. Um, I have a personal, you know, uh, connection with it because I've, I've done men's group therapy for like maybe three and a half years mm-hmm. uh, back when I was in Jersey. And it was a really, really transformative experience for me, bro. Like as a man, um, I don't think we really have a lot of, uh, you know, safe spaces or like conversations where you're being super honest, transparent, like, and honestly vulnerable about yeah. maybe some, some shit that's really bothering you. Um, yeah. We don't really like talking about that with the dudes that we got to be around on a daily basis, on a, on a regular basis, right? Yeah, because everybody want to be fake tough and and they 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 good and don't need help from anything, they don't need therapy. Yeah, we don't have that. Exactly. Everybody wants to look look strong, you know, put yeah, a strong yeah, yeah. face on. You're right you about know? that. And, and honestly, that's cool if that's if that's your your thing. You you know how you keep a strong face, like guaranteed all the time. You go put your weak face on somewhere else. <laughs> where right. people don't got to see it. And hopefully you got some homies or some dudes that like understand what it's like, you know, from a dude's perspective, kind of what you're going through. And, you know, like a lot of dudes, are, they'll have that conversation with you if the, if the you know, if they if they feel safe to have that conversation with yeah, you yeah. on that cool level, you could do it. Yeah. You're right um, about so, that. yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of where I wanted to do the um, mental health project, man, and just kind of make myself vulnerable and, you know, show people it's all good. You know, put it out there. Why not? Yeah, that 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 that's one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show because I'm like, for him to make a, a whole album about mental health, he must have came from somewhere. And I'm like, he must have a good story about his past relationship. So we're gonna get into that. Before we start, I like to have my guests give a name, an anonymous name of their ex. What's the name you like to choose for your ex? Tiffany. And why Tiffany? Tiffany sounds like she's fun, you know, <laughs> uh, which is exactly like the vibe that I got, you know, when I met, you know, this ex particularly. She seemed like a bright, fun energy. And, you know, Tiffany sounds like a cool name, you know. <laughs> now, looking at the questionnaire that you wrote, she's white, right? Is uh-huh. that what you're into or, or is that your type or, or are you into all women? Um, personally, man, I, I wouldn't... I've I've definitely dated more uh, black women than white women um, historically, but I don't have a, you know, like a a, a preference per se, because mm-hmm. um, I'm actually half black and half white. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know, a lot of those um, stay with your people type vibes or whatever that people be accustomed to. It doesn't yeah. all the way apply to me. You know, my parents <laughs> are like my dad white as shit and my mom black is you know like they yeah. they really. Um, just break down those stereotypes for me, you know. So like, I don't, um, I don't really like lean towards one direction consciously, but I, I ended up with more black women, vibing with more black women over time. Yeah, got you, got you. All right, let's start. Where did this whole thing start with and, uh, you and um, Tiffany? I remember. I, so I, I knew her from school. 
Mm-hmm. Like we've been like in, in school, like together since like we were younger and stuff like that. Not like really knew each other or friends and stuff like that, but we were always like within the same area. Yeah. And um, we might've even been in like the same like class, like when we were really young or something. I don't even remember, but we wound up linking back up. I was working at the grocery store and I was like, I was like 18. Um, and I was about to graduate high school. I was about to go to college. It was like the summer after that, uh, after senior year in high school. And she pulled up into the grocery store and like, man, she was wearing these shorts, bro. That were just scandalous, bro. They were scandalous. <laughs> like these jean shorts and like, um, yeah, she just had a, just a real, you know, bubbly type personality about her and smiling a lot. And she yeah. remembered me from school. And I just, you know, I said what up to her. And, um, you know, she was, seemed like she was giving me rhythm and stuff. So I said, yo, like, you know, um, I'll, you know I'll message you later and stuff. And we kind of hit it off from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was weird because, like, you know, we didn't, neither of us were kind of looking for a relationship. We were just really, mm-hmm. you know, had a strong attraction. And I guess we, we were probably going to hook up, you know. Now what? And uh, why were you attracted to her? What was what was it about her that made you like that? that... Man, um, yeah, a lot of it was just uh, she had a very bright, like fun energy about her. Like right. just, just like she seemed confident in herself. She seemed very sweet. Um, I like women that just like that they seem like they're already having a good time in their own mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. already before I'm before I meet them. Because yeah. then, like, wow, that's, like, something I, that's a party I'd love to join, you know? And, like, right, right. you know, I don't want to, like, always feel like I'm the party and I have to start the party, you know what I'm saying? And, like, sometimes my life's not a party, you know? So, right, right, right. Yeah, so what I about, like that about her. Uh, looks-wise? Looks. Oh, man, she, um, she was petite. Uh, and I don't know, it's, like, she, yeah, she, she had, like, um, she, had, she had blonde hair, um, like, kind of dirty blonde hair and stuff, bright smile. Um, like bluish eyes and um, like, yeah. It's, it was she just had like a, a very bright look to her, and um, it was it was something that you know I've I've never been with uh I'd never been with somebody like her before. Um, All right. yeah, it was unique for me. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so yeah, kicked it off. How did that? Mm-hmm. How did that go about? Man, it got really, yeah. It honestly got really dicey, kind of from the beginning, and. This is one of those things that like when they say you see red flags, like certain red flags, you got to you got to know what you're getting yourself into. But you were young at this um, time. So you had a, you took a risk. Yeah. Honestly, there was a red flag from the beginning, which was um, she like. I mean, she, she invited me over to, to her crib when her parents were out. Gotcha. Right. And um it was like I got a vibe that she didn't want her parents knowing that she was like seeing me at all in any capacity or whatever. But I didn't really ask about it too much because um, mm-hmm. things seemed to be going cool. And uh, I remember then she wound up telling me that the reason she was holding off was because her dad was racist. Really? Yeah. Man. And, um her mom, cool, you know, her sister's cool, her other family members, cool and stuff like that. She just had a father. Her father did not care for black folks like that. And this and, is in New um, Jersey? Yeah, it was in New Jersey, you know? <laughs> now, like, I grew up in a, in a town that was, like, mostly mostly white and, um, 
like upper middle class, man. So I was like one of the only black families in the whole town, mm. like most of my life growing up. So I've dealt with my share of race, racism and sticks in the mud and stuff like that. But I'll be honest, most white people that I've dealt with are not like that. You know, um, they didn't treat me that way. But there's always these, you know, people that's just stuck in the, in the, in the yeah. box. So, um, yeah. It was one of those man. like, like super racist, like. Nah, the thing was, he, he was a corporate racist, man. You know, like he couldn't like. He also wasn't a gangster with nothing. Like he had a job and like he didn't want to lose his job or have That's any real issues. He wasn't like an aggressive person. He wasn't even a very big person. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like wanting to physically fight me either, you know? And I didn't want to fight him either. But like, let's be honest, man. I'm like, I yeah, got yeah. six inch, seven inches on you. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean right now? Like, but anyway, um, I never intended to go in with any kind of malicious anything. I just liked his daughter and I found out that he didn't like my type of people even before I got there. Mm. So I was, um, we hid the relationship for a little while. Um, and their parents didn't know about me. Um, you know, we would just see each other and she would say that she was at her friends or something else. And like, you know, until things started getting more serious. And, um, I remember before I'd actually met her father, um, and before she actually told him about me, that she was seeing me specifically, um, I went over to her house one day when her parents were weren't at, were out, and they uh, and we were just gonna hook up, right? But like she assumed that they were gonna be out for a while, so mm-hmm. I started getting comfortable. You know, she was like, "You want to take your clothes off?" And we about to like all the way do it. I'm like, "Okay," you know, like <laughs> you know, I'm prepared. You know, I got rubbers and stuff. You know, I'm ready to and I'm like, I just feel nervous and stuff like that because, like, I know now that this dude's like, you know, this is like dangerous territory right now. Right. I don't know how bad he really feels about this or, like, if I'm caught here, how bad it could get for me. But she was fine and I was ready to take the risk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> is this your so, first time uh, uh, about to get into intercourse or not? Yeah, man. This first was time? like our first, first time oh. about to get into intercourse, man. And, um, uh, yeah, so I go over to her crib, you know, we getting naked and stuff, getting comfortable. And I mean, like, uh, maybe like eight minutes into it, you know, after a little bit of foreplay and we like about to, you know, get into intercourse. And I mean, I already ripped the rubber <laughs> open already at that point. So I was already committed, you know, to the situation. Right. Um, she, uh, her, the door, the front door opens bro like they home like somebody's home bro yeah you know and we're like in the you know living room area so we're not like right in view as soon as you walk in but like all you got to do is walk kind of into the house a little bit and you're gonna eventually see that we in there yeah i'm like yo i'm naked naked bro okay like at this point bro like i am not in a position to sell nobody nothing about anything (laughs) so i grabbed all my stuff, like as fast as I can. I threw like my jewelry, like watch I took off, like in my hat, like just bagged it all up. And I ran out the back door onto like the back deck. Yeah. Right. And it's like a 10 foot high deck. It's like one of them suburban houses. So I jumped over the deck and threw my stuff like over the deck and landed down there in the grass because I already heard this dude like coming in and like he knew somebody was there. You know Man. what I'm saying? He knew somebody was there and I wasn't even trying to make eye contact or even get there. So I jumped, bro. 
he you was feel like, me? I jumped. He was like, it smell like niggers in here. <laughs> 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 it like niggers in here. Yo, nah, but... it smelled like crazy <laughs> interracial action going on right now. You feel me? All types of shit that he on co-sign bro. You feel me? Like, and like, you know, to me, I'm not going to hold you. Like, part of the whole enticing thing about it for me was that I love breaking down those walls, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love being, like, because I'm in a very special position as being half black, half white, bro. Mm-hmm. It's a conflicting position, but it's special, too, because I get to set people straight on all of this racial stuff, bro. Right, right. You feel me? Like, I get how everybody feels, but, like, what are you going to say about me, then? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So, like, basically, I felt like I was, I was conquering racism. By having sex with his daughter. Okay. <laughs> That's the challenge. <laughs> okay. I was doing my deed in the community to spread love. Okay. And spread good, nothing but good energy. And hopefully, you know, I had like good intentions to actually date his daughter and stuff like that. I right. wanted him to like me because his mom, you know, mom's already liked me. Sister already liked me. Real cool. Yeah. You're yeah. the only cornball. Yeah. You know? So like. And yeah, you actually so, met him that night or how? How, what happened after the, after you jumped off the balcony? What happened after that? Yo, man, I ran. I mean, yeah. I'm now butt naked in the backyard of a suburban, you know, house, like where they share backyards and stuff. Like the other yeah, side yeah. of the block got a, you know, backyard. Everybody got, you know, fences. and Like some people got fences, but I was lucky. They had no fence for like three backyards. Mm. I ran butt naked across <laughs> three backyards with my clothes <laughs> in my hand. Like I couldn't even wait to, you know, I was still in. Shooting distance, visual distance, all of that. I had to get out. All right. And I had parked my car like three blocks down. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just because I knew just in case, like I didn't want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. Smart. Man, smart. I ran, I ran like three houses down, hid in the bushes, got my clothes on, Yo. ran down, you know, to my to my car, whatever, and stuff. I'm like sweating. And I'm like, yo, um, <laughs> yeah, the uh uh, I think I'm like free, like, but I don't know what happened. I know he heard something. So I text her, but I wait to text her because I'm like, yo, they're definitely like giving her the 411 right now, like trying to get the information. And I'm like, I text her like half an hour later and I'm like, yo, what the F just happened? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you good? Like, are we good? And she was like, um, yeah, uh, it was uh, it was my parents. But my dad didn't um, didn't notice anything. My mom noticed uh, first. Like my dad, like thought that somebody was here, mm-hmm. um, but he wasn't concerned about just any a, a boy being here and stuff like that. You know, um, he didn't know it was a black boy that was there. You feel me? <laughs> but what gave it away, and that by the grace of God, her mom found it instead of her dad. I left the condom wrapper on the stereotype man okay i man. left the condom wrapper on top of the stereo i ran out the house with the rubber on <laughs> on me you feel me in my own drawers you feel me that was the only thing i actually had on but i left the wrapper okay yeah bright gold wrapper sitting on the damn you know what i'm saying just visible as shit her mom found it okay but her yeah. mom is cool and she was basically on some like you wanted to have a boy over, you could have just, you know, kind of let me know about it or something like, mm-hmm. you know, because her mom is cool with it. Yeah. But her dad didn't find out. So I was like, Phew. yeah, that's close. Yeah. close call. 
So what happens next, man? Like, <laughs> do you continue with the re- relationship? Like, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we we you know we keep dating. I really like this girl. You know, I'm starting to love her. The whole relationship lasted like six months, but at this point, we've been seeing each other for like three and a half months. You know, and um, we starting to get towards the holidays and stuff like that. And I'm like, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna I want to introduce you to my parents. Mm. You know, um, that, well, you met the sister beforehand. Mm-hmm. The sister actually used to go to school around the, you know, area right, right. stuff too. So like we knew of her and stuff. Um, moms knew about me because we used to semi go to school together and stuff. Oh, like right. dad gotcha. was only gotcha. I didn't really know who was who. But um, yeah, so like everybody was cool and her moms knew that we were dating. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, they were just keeping it all of them a secret from the father because the father got this wild ass complex about himself. I don't know. He just got some <laughs> stuff going on. So um now, yeah, now so describe yourself. Dating. Describe yourself at this time. He was how, how old were you at the time? I am eighteen years old. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm. I'm an optimistic, like happy person. I am. I'm a popular person too. In mm-hmm. in high school, I just got voted like uh, prom king. That's gotcha, you gotcha. know, like around that time and stuff like that. So like, I, I'm like well liked amongst my peers. I have a good reputation of being good to people and being yeah. kind. Man. You know, um, I don't, I'm not like a, an, an asshole, you know, yeah. and that's who I am at that time, even though I'm like trying to find myself. Um, I'm still a romantic guy. Mm-hmm. Um, like I believe in like, you know, giving myself totally to this woman and like trying to be, you know, honest and all these different things. And that, why would she hurt me? You know, like when I, you know, I, love, I was, I was like kind of on it like that, like real. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, this, it just started going a little a little wild at that point because um it started to be a fight that um I wasn't gonna be able to win and that I really wasn't interested in, in fighting anymore. You know, because wait, the fight Wait, like, hold on, in this relationship? Yeah, like oh, wait, being with her wait, to wait, slow down. Now did you meet the parents? I wound up meeting the parents. All right, yeah, yeah go into that. Uh, Word, sure. yeah. So she took you, she took you, it was the holidays you said. Mm-hmm. It was the holidays. Yeah. And it was like some real regular stuff. It wasn't like, you know, a, a the holiday. I just came over one morning uh, for breakfast and I brought over, uh, you know, Dunkin' Donuts and stuff like that. I asked her, you know, how does your dad like his coffee? She's like, black. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's like black ironic, coffee, but, but not black people? What the hell? Exactly. I don't know, but he <laughs> like black coffee. So that's what I got from Dunkin' Donuts. Right? Pulled up and, um, yeah, he just like it, it wasn't like uh oh, thanks for coffee or nice to meet you or something. It was like, you know, this is my boyfriend Travis, you know, da da da. And um and I was like and he was like, Oh, you know, uh, you know, hey, thanks for the coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was like one of those like he didn't want to have a conversation, he was acting like he was busy, he went back Maybe to Maybe the office. cold shoulder. Yeah. And um I was like, Okay, well, honestly, that's progress. I think yeah. he said thanks for the coffee. We, like you know what I'm saying? That's a that's a little baby win right there. We I can deal with that. You gonna work? You know what I mean? One way or another, you are gonna figure it out, bro. A little right. by little over time. But right. um, as long as I'm not being an asshole, then like I'm not really wrong. So, um, yeah. So that kind of happened. But then it, yeah, it got it got dicey, man. It got dicey later, man. It got yeah. really dicey. Later. What you want to go into that? Um. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll go into it a little bit, man, but I don't want to go into it uh, all the way because, uh, you know, just I don't I don't even feel like putting all the business out there, but I'll just put it like this. Um, Mm -hmm. There were um, people who are racist in that way, bro. They have uh, an effect on the people around them. 
right. especially when they're in a position of power, either in a family or in an organization or something. Like when you're in a position of respect, mm-hmm. if you treat people that way and you look at people that way, especially when it comes to love, you feel me? Um, you actually cause trauma on the people around you because that's they true. have to yeah. deal, they have to make space for your racism. Yeah, they have true. to compromise their lives because they respect you and compromise their love and their partners and their happiness and all of that shit in life. And their partners have to then compromise themselves and possibly get involved in some bullshit that they didn't sign up for because you're a stick in the mud, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, like, there's nothing more that I, that I kind of don't understand than somebody that's just a hater, you know what I'm saying, of other people's way of life. I get it if you don't agree with it. That's you fully entitled to not agree with my way of life, bro. 100%. You yeah. feel me? Don't be a hater on it, though, bro. Don't try and block me from living my life because I'm, I have no choice but to be this way, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she was dealing with a lot of these issues and she had a lot of other issues going on personally behind the scenes that I didn't know about and that you find, I found out in a relationship, you know, that were, she has, you know, some, she has some mental disorders going on, bro. That was a, a, a product of her being controlled in a very mm-hmm. unhealthy way in her family life. You know, it was abuse, bro. Yeah. It was abuse going on. And, um, yeah, man. So I guess just in all, like if I learned something about it, man, um, that was the first time I, I allowed love, like my own love, to get that close to racism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like to be connecting in a way that if you're going to be with this girl, y'all families are, are going to be together. You're going to be in a relationship with her family, too, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That's can true. you yeah. deal with that? Is this something you could do year after year, birthday after birthday, Christmas, like this dude not yeah. fucking with you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the, that's like, the one you want to connect with, the father, yeah. That's the one you got to get the approval from at the end of the day. You really want his blessing to be with her, his daughter. Right, right. That's what I would want if I had a daughter one day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're right I want to approve of the dude that you with, you know? And I don't need to know every single thing. I just need to, I want to know that you happy and that he's a respectable dude and he's not going to lead you down no bullshit. That's what mm-hmm. I want to know, you know? And he check in with me and respect me. That's it. Yeah. Now, do you know if they had any like side talks about you? Oh yeah, for sure. She um, told she told you this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, her mom, and her sister. They have like a little, you know. I don't, I don't want to call it like a girls' club, but basically that's what it is because they're the females in the house that are trying to live their life under this guy's kind of like unreasonable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, way of being. You know, he wants them to be this way and to fall in line with the way he sees stuff and. So they have to live their life in secret. And so mm-hmm. they team up and keep each other's secrets and stuff. So yeah, they all knew about me for like when since she first started dating me. Now what about the father talking to his daughter about you? Oh man. Um she used to try and uh sugarcoat the conversations the best that she could. Because she was very sensitive to, to what was going on. She really loved me, man. Like she didn't want to like she didn't want it to be that way at all. She didn't share that perspective at all. She was not that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Damn. So she tried to, you know, make it like, yeah, well, uh, let's just say my dad wasn't exactly feeling that idea so much. You know, like she would say it like that with probably N words were flying. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I'm not privy to it. So now, how long did this last before it went downhill? Um, it, it lasted for about, um, 
it lasted for about three and a half months going pretty well and everything looking optimistic started getting a little bit eerie around like four months in and then around like the fifth month it was bad like all the problems were like coming out and i stayed with her for like another month or so after that to still try and like work things out but it was one of them things that like i feel like if you're not going to be with somebody and you know that for sure like you got to communicate that as early as possible. Like don't waste time. Don't waste their time. You know, like, but, um, I tried to handle it with, you know, sensitivity though. I didn't want to just be like, yo, red flag. I'm not messing with that. You go deal with that. Bye. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like that, man. You know, I was so, like, so, yeah. yeah. Describe that moment when you had to like end things with her and how she took uh, it. Um, it was really hard, bro, because the reason that I was ending things with her without getting too specific, like I said, it was a, a, over some mentally mental disorders, like mental uh, related things that were beyond my capacity to kind of help with. Mm-hmm. You know, I could be there as a friend, but then like there's certain times where you might need some professional help to really get back on track. Gotcha. And I'm the first person to say that I got professional help in my life. I don't, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. needs that sometimes. But you can't lean on friends and boyfriends and girlfriends to be a doctor. Right, you can't. right, right. You're playing yeah. yourself. You're playing them. You're going to fall deeper into the stuff. Like, you really need to recognize when it's time to get help. And if people love you, people will tell you, yo, you need to get help. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, and that's what I told her. I was like, look, I want you to get help. I'm going to stay with you. Why are you getting this help? Mm. Okay? But, like, and I'll even stay with you after that if, like, it works and, like, things change. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is we're going down a slippery slope right now. I did, This isn't something I could deal with long term. It's starting to cost me. You know, I'm like, you know, kind of getting wrapped up in it. It's becoming my problem now. I'm like, look, um, it, it's hard to to get, you know, to cut a relationship off in that moment. Mm-hmm. When somebody feel like somebody really needs somebody, you yeah, know, they yeah. need you yeah. to be there. They're relying on you. It's hard, man, because you got to. Re- I had to realize that it was out of. It was not my responsibility. Yeah, and that's really tough, bro. Yeah, you know, man. as a man, that's hard. You want to be there for your girl, you know. Yeah, and how did she take that? Not well, bro. <laughs> did she lash out? Did she? Yeah. Um. In the moment, she was sad. Um. It was like she understood. Hmm. Um, kind of, cause she knows, I, I, I think inside she really understood like where I was coming from, but it didn't change the fact that, uh, you know, after that with some time, she got really mad. Good. Now, was she self-aware of her problems? Like, did she know that she needed help? Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah. She knew that what she was doing was not a normal thing. It wasn't a healthy thing and that nobody, that she had to hide it from people in order Mm -hmm. for people to accept her because they would have been like, no, you can't do this to yourself. You have to get help. And she didn't want to be told all of that. So, you know, she just wanted me to be there to deal with it with her. And I'm like, that's too much weight, yo. Like, I can't solve that problem for you. So, man. Yeah, man. So after six months, the relationship is over. Now, how did you deal with breaking up with, with Tiffany? Yeah, man, we, um, I mean, personally, when, it, when, it, when I end a relationship, man, I like to, I don't like to look at it as like, to me, we don't have to end communication altogether. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you really love somebody, if they meant something to you, then y'all should have had some type of a friendship along with whatever romance right. that you had too, right? Yeah. And that need to, to, me, that that need to be normalized now. That that it's like when you're in a relationship, everybody has to end things and go their separate ways, and it, it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, man. I don't. I look at that. To me, that's the ultimate waste of time, bro. Right. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I said that too. I've been told I was a waste of time at points in life, you know what I mean, by <laughs> stuff like that. And, it, and that shit hurts. But honestly, to me, that's the waste of time is the fact that you consider me a waste of time just because we're not going to be together forever. Right, right. So then I probably shouldn't have bought you any of the things that I bought you. I should have never poured into you, into your spirit. I should have never mm-hmm. fanned your flame, should have never been your cheerleader. I should have never did none of that, right? Because right. I wasn't sure about marrying you, right? Come on, that's not what love yeah. is about. I'm gonna love you fearlessly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to just be fearless in doing it and not regret it. Right, right. You know, and if we do that, hopefully we have enough stuff in common. We have enough relationship that we could be around each other and work and support each other and trust each other. Mm-hmm. So that if you start a business or I start a business, like you could trust me. I got your back. I, I work for you. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> like, right. I, like, whatever. Or are we going to be like, nah, because we used to have sex, but we don't have sex anymore. Like, we can't do nothing together. Okay, so you know what? We shouldn't have sex then. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we should just all be friends and, like, nobody, <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I'm Nobody get laid. You feel it's, me? And then we'll actually get stuff done yeah. in the world. <laughs> yeah, how, how people yeah. go about things is ridiculous. Yeah. So Word. You, you take all this time to get to know somebody and then it ends and you act like yeah. they don't know each other. That's, that's stupid. So I wanted to be friends with her, yeah, man. You yeah. know, I tried. I tried to be, you know, stay friends with Tiffany after all of that, man, and um, and especially to support her through that time, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. she was hopefully going to be going through a recovery process, and I didn't want it to get worse, right. you know. So I wanted to be there for her, but I just needed to let her know it wasn't. Don't tie our relationship to you getting better. Mm. You need to get better. Period. End of story. You know what I mean? Like, and get healthy and protect yourself. Like, right. Um, and then worry about a relationship. So she wasn't feeling all that, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. nobody want to hear that. Yeah, especially if you love a person. Yeah, man. So how did you? Uh, what was your healing process like after after this? What did you do, man? My healing process. Um, I was, you know, I spent a lot of time around my friends. Mm-hmm. Um. I was I was lucky at the time. I had good guy friends in my life. Um, I had good female friends in my life too. Um, I think it's really important to have platonic, you know, uh, relationships with the opposite sex also, because yeah. during times like that, um, when you break up with somebody or when you're going through something in a relationship, I don't know. For me, it's really helpful because I'm not a woman and I don't always understand what women are going through. Yeah. It's helpful for me to hear it from another woman that has no issue telling me straight up how it is because we're not in a relationship. She's my friend. She'll be like, come on, bro. Like, of course she's not feeling that. You're telling her like this. No, no, no. I'll be like, Oh, you're right. But let's be honest. Your girl don't ever tell you that, mm-hmm. you know, she expects you to know that already. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> so you want me to do magic? Okay. So I'm gonna go do magic. I'm gonna go talk to my female friends, get mm-hmm. perspective on this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and they genuinely care about me being happy. So, like, I could bring that back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I spent time around my friends. That helped a lot, man. All right. When did you start to get back to normal, back to yourself again? 
Man, um, I guess to answer that question, man, it's like uh, it, it was hard for me to get back to um, my normal self because um, my involvement kind of with her, um, like we kind of became semi like enemies after that. What? You know? How, like how, how did that happen? Um, she just got, she got really mad, man. She got really mad at me. Like she just, um, she wasn't over it. Um, she got into a new relationship before I did. Mm -hmm. How did you take that? Um, I'm, I was happy for her. Honestly, I'm really not a jealous type because again, I was more worried about her doing something to hurt herself or like to, you know, further damage her own health. Mm-hmm. If she's in a new relationship and somebody's there and happy with her and she's happy, boom, then like, that's okay. So at least like for now, you're not in a, a toxic place, hopefully, and you can get some support yeah, and yeah. you hopefully have some optimism about doing all of that now, you know, cause yeah. I know I'm not that giving you that vibe right now. So I'm sorry, but I was happy for her, man. Yeah. That's good. You know, I was happy. So yeah, right. but she, you know, you said, no, I'm saying you, you never fully healed from that situation. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard, man. I guess, um, I don't want to, I don't want to leave you out of the story, man. You know, but you know, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little bit about it, man. Basically it's like, after we ended the relationship, um, she got really mad, bro. Um, she started getting destructive, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, she became a different person. Honestly, a very different person than who I thought I was dating and who I fell in love with and all of that. You know, she wasn't. My fault to cut you off. Um, would you say you was still in that honeymoon stage, that first six months? I mean, that whole six months. Was that the honeymoon stage, you would say? Because you didn't mm-hmm. really have time to get to know her? For me, it was. Um, yeah, I guess you could say it was a honeymoon stage because, yeah, I didn't have the time to get to know all of these things about her. I had just found out a lot of, you know, certain deal breaking situations or I'll just say, you know, uh, heavy considering things that you should really consider in a relationship. Yeah. They didn't come up until like three months, four months in. Um, she showed no signs of these things up front being red flags. Like she had it all together, you know, man. Um, so yeah, it was still kind of the honeymoon phase in that regard, mm-hmm. but um, it was ending the honeymoon phase in the sense of like, to me, the honeymoon phase is over for me when I actually start trying to figure out how would our life really look together and how can I start making moves to be around you regularly, like we boyfriend and girlfriend. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, yeah. like to me, that's when the, oh, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh, I'm so attracted. All of that wears off. And you're like, okay, how we would, how could we actually be together day to day? Like we have things in common. Do we have, you know, can I pick her up Do we like, yeah, like, I started thinking about her that way and I started then considering, can I deal with her family? Mm-hmm. Can I deal with this issues, these issues that she has going on mm-hmm. that I'm now finding out about? Mm-hmm. Um, if I can't right now is the time to let her know that I can't, gotcha. you know? And so that's kind of what wound up happening. And you said she became destructive and uh, she was a person that you didn't know in the beginning. Yeah, man. And you became enemies. Um, yeah, so you said you didn't fully heal from this, and you was telling me something, but I, I cut you off. My fault. Yeah, yeah, no. Basically, um, yeah, she just stepped out of character a bunch of times, man. She started like, I mean, 
I'll just, you know, she wanted to put in the taillight out on my car. You know, like she, you know, started, she she threw eggs in my car one night. I remember, you know, she started being like, you know, just, just destructive yeah. and like, you know, spiteful. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it got to the point where like, I'm, I'm not like, I have a high tolerance for pain, bro. You know, like I don't really, I don't let people bring me out of my character that easy, you know? Um, you, like just because you call me a name, I'm not about to call you one back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you want to, you know, shoot fire at me or whatever. I'm just going to show you it didn't hurt me. I'm going to go back to my life and hope that you just choose to stop. And you always been like that? Um, yeah, bro. I've always kind of been like that since I was a kid, man. My dad kind of taught me to be that way. Um, he kind of taught me that on the third time uh, when you tell somebody, you give people, you give people basically three chances. They do something, they mess them up. They mess up. You tell them that you don't like that shit and you need them to stop. They do it again. You warn them. And you said, I told you once, I'm not, I'm telling you one more time right now. Don't do that again. The third time you clean the pop, I'm straight across the face. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> or to do something different, whatever it is that you have to do that's different. Yeah, yeah. And now you take action and because they're not going to be reasonable anymore. Right, You're giving right. them enough chances. So I give women even more. Okay. Because to me, there's no time that I want to pop a woman across the face, bro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like that's the dealing with men, men's situations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. with a woman that I love, I want to be infinitely patient. I want to make sure I'm with a woman that I can be patient with. That doesn't try to push my buttons. Mm-hmm. That doesn't try to bring a bad character out of me because I am a man and I, everybody has a limit. Right. Okay. Just like you're a woman and you have a limit and I don't want to push your buttons either. Don't push my buttons. You know, like we're supposed to be on the same team, you know? So yeah, she kind of was poking at the situation for months after we were out of a relationship. She got into a new relationship and kept harassing me, you know? So long story short, bro, the conclusion of the story was she kept going to the fullest extent of where I had to get a restraining order on her, bro. Yeah. We had to actually take legal action to get a restraining order on her, bro, because um, I refuse to fight back like that, bro. I refuse to fight fire with fire. I'm not pulling up to your house and putting the window out. I'm not doing that, you know, like, especially being the one black person in an all-white town. Right. I'm not going to get no leniency out here, man. Nobody's going to have my back like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I didn't have that as an option in my book, if you ask me, you know, so I had to endure the pain of the crap that she was doing to me, try and protect myself. I went to the police. The police didn't do anything for me. All right. They basically said what was going on was like, you know, Internet bullying and stuff like that. And like, you know, if I didn't have proof of her face doing things, then I can't really. It was just like basically wait until she shoots you and you got a picture of it, bro. Right. You know, yeah. Um, if you don't got it, like, you know, Straight up. <laughs> and so they really didn't do anything for me. Man. And um, after a while, it just got too much, man. So I went and I had enough evidence compiled and reason and motive to you know, go there. And I wasn't uh, in the wrongdoing of anything. Like she mm-hmm. didn't have anything to stand on to say that, oh, he retaliated and did this. Yeah. So they granted me a restraining order. And that's what she has to deal with now. Man. Like even to this day, we don't talk. Like, you know? And it's a shame that it had to even go that way. I'm not that way, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like wild. Yeah. So you see when I was like, I didn't want to tell you that I haven't fully healed from it without kind of giving you the reason about why would that even be relevant now mm-hmm. at this point in my life, like 10 years later. Um, it's relevant because 
I was really like attacked by a woman that I that I love. You feel mm-hmm. me? I was attacked physically in a lot of different ways and tried to be dragged through the mud by a woman that I loved after our relationship, you know? Yeah. And to me that's um that's 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 no doubt hurt me in my other relationships, bro. It took me a long time to really trust women. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Again. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I just felt like a woman she I this woman was fine up front and she loved you. What mm-hmm. happened? Can any woman turn on you like this at any given time? Do they all have secrets that you just, you know, like and it started being like, man, keep your distance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like let them in, but don't let them in too much. You know, like, and that's that winds up putting yeah, up. When you box. say that, let them in, don't let them in too much. Like, you're you're going into something new, guarded already. Like, exactly, bro. It's baggage, just like any other baggage, you know, that I really had to try and dump. Yeah, yeah. It was corny. Like, you can't really, you're not emotionally available for a good woman, you know, if you're still hurting mm-hmm. from that. You know, and I don't know, to some degree, bro, I don't know whether I'll ever get over it. It's kind of a way that I started seeing life, you know, that people are this way. Yeah. Not just women, you know, and not just her. People are this way. You can love somebody and they can switch up on you crazy Mm -hmm. at any time for any reason, because how they choose to feel about life is all under their control and you don't get to choose it. Like. Where, where I'm at. So like, I just stopped in some ways, like letting myself become overly infatuated with a woman now. Like I'm just head over heels in love with her. Like I'm a consistent dude. I'm a lover. Like I'm a strong lover, but I don't get like, I'll never lose myself yeah, yeah. in a relationship again, because you might mess around and totally try and, you know, change on me. And I got to be, Ready for that, I guess, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And do like the women you do meet after this relationship, do they mm-hmm. notice it from the jump that you're, you're guarded? And do they bring that up to you? From the jump, um, maybe not so much from the jump because I'm a very open, like, in, you know, outgoing person, personality. But mm-hmm. as you stay around me and you see, you gauge how much I'm actually letting you into my life and stuff like that, mm-hmm. long term, yeah, women will say within the first, like, maybe three months, four months or whatever, as they're starting to try and take things more serious. And so am mm-hmm. I, but I start putting up walls and I'm like, okay, um, I get it, but I don't, I'm not really going to, I don't, I'm not interested in being on this level yet. It's yeah. going to take me some time to get there. Okay. So please don't pressure me, mm-hmm. you know? And they're like, Oh, well, I didn't know I was pressuring you. You know, I just thought, and I'm like, I oh, know it's nothing. It's just, I move slow. Yeah. You know, and so do you that. tell them why? I don't always tell them why, man. Uh, I think eventually I usually tell them why if I if I'm planning on being with them. I yeah. want them to know the full story, kind of what happened with me with this with this situation. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm still carrying it and I'm thinking about it every day, bro. I'm I'm so happy now. I don't think about it at all, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, but yeah. it's almost like ingrained into my way that I see life now, man. Is that yeah, yeah. that happened to me? Yeah. That can always happen to me again. I will never look at life the same way. Like somebody is always just as good as they look. Nobody's as good as they look ever. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. a real person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got crap just like you do. So don't build them up to be perfect. Just be real. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that you say that. I, I, 
I kind of view the I kind of view life the same way because uh I've been hurt, been by family, by friends, yeah, and it's like I never give too much of myself until I can fully trust that person. So yeah, I feel you on that. Now, yeah, bro. Question: You're a rapper. How many bars yeah. you gave Tiffany? <laughs> oh man, how many bars did I give Tiffany after the end of the? Man, I wound up giving her a lot of bars throughout the years, man. It's sad. I don't think I gave her any bars when we were in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I wrote any love songs about her when we were in the relationship. But she definitely got a lot of bars after the relationship. Yeah. Because, yeah, unfortunately, I got a lot of pain out of that. And it, that inspires me to release it and use it. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, I want to know if she heard <laughs> some of that stuff. Yeah, she might have heard it now, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she she definitely heard the she definitely heard the dedication song. That's for sure. You know what I mean. Yeah, I feel yeah. like she might have heard that. That's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, now are you going to therapy for the, for uh, for this situation or any other situations? Um, currently, right now, I'm not in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I had a, a group that I was really fond of being a part of back in Jersey, and then mm-hmm. when I drove across the country over here. Um, we, uh, you know, I w- it was hard to kind of do zoom meetings and stuff. It's not the same as like really linking up with your brothers, you know? Right, right, right. So, um, I was happy that we did it for as long as we did. I haven't found a new brotherhood over here and on a therapy level, but mm-hmm. I do have a brotherhood now that I'm a part of on a work level. And we talk about a lot of this type of stuff. We are yeah. creating that safe space. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, but I wasn't going to therapy, um, about, I can't lie. No, I was. I absolutely was going to therapy about that relationship too, for sure. Yeah. But it wasn't maybe the main reason that brought me there. Gotcha. No. All right. Now, where you at today? Are you still trying to date or are you just more focused on your music and building a studio in LA? Man, it's, um, I want love in my life, man. This is a really uh, tough question actually for me because um, any relationships that I've been in, excuse me, recently within like the past like year and a half, two years, excuse me, as I've become really uh, intense about my goals in my Mm -hmm. career, my relationships have suffered Mm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want any less love in my life than I did ever before. You know, I still want love in my life, but I'm probably less emotionally available Mm -hmm. right now than I was even before. And it's really because of my commitment, you know, I, in order for me to make this, uh, you know, dream come together and it's, it's ridiculous, man. It is a, a, yeah, a I seen, man. You got a, you got a whole commitment every day. You don't, there, there's no clock in clock out. You are the business. You're walking at all times. You are the business and it's open. The front door is open. Yeah. So you got to answer the call. You got to stop what you're doing. You got to prioritize what's more important right now. Your girl complaining about this thing that you kind of need to talk about or this opportunity that could change y'all lives together. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to do? And you got to like choose all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I've had difficulty in my relationships because I don't want to have to choose. But when I do have to choose and I don't choose my relationship <laughs> as the top priority, yeah. I have to explain myself and explain myself and communicate and remind the the woman that I, that I love her and that it doesn't mean anything about her. I'm just in a difficult position. I have to make a difficult decision. And that's just what I have to do. Yeah. You know, so now I kind of feel like I don't need to be in a committed relationship at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I let 
you know, anybody that I'm dealing with know upfront, you know, kind of that that's the space that I'm in. Um, so there's no expectations, you know, getting crisscrossed and stuff. I want to be honest, man. I don't want to hurt nobody. Like, right. I just want to, you know, have love in my life. So you need somebody that's understanding and ready to ride that roller coaster that you're going through. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know, and yeah, if you yeah. down, yo, it's it's fun, yo. Yeah. It's hella fun. Yeah, You'll we're have both more in the same position around man. me than, than somebody that's not doing stuff. You know right, what I mean? Right, like, right. So, what do you want? One or the other. You want a dude that's not doing anything but comes home like every you know every night like doesn't got anything better to do except be right by your side all the time. I'm like, yeah. okay, but you know, like y'all life together may not be as exciting as you want it to be. You yeah. know, um, but you, or you, but you got it your dude there, yeah. We both in the same boat because I, I tell women that from the jump, but then they expect you to change and expect you to be this other thing. I'm like, nah, man, I told you how busy I am. I told you what I got mm-hmm. going on and I have to do this interview. I have to do that. And they'd be like, you don't have time for me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it'd be like that. You know, you, you said something. I don't, was you said the other night but when we were kicking in LA, man, it was, it was something about um basically that, that uh, Disney that Disney created these expectations, no, right? No, uh, uh, Sam, uh, Steve, Steve said that. Steve said that, right? Yo, yeah, shout out to yeah. Steve Sam, yo. You know what I mean? Uh, for plugging us, you know, linking yeah. us up together too, man. Shout out, Steve. But yeah, he said that. He was like, um, Disney created a lot of the expectations. Yeah. Um, I think that women have. And uh, I don't want to like, you know, minimalize it or make it sound like, you know, fairy tales and stuff. But in reality, movies do paint this picture for us yeah. of what yeah. relationships could be like. And when you see a thousand movies like that, you like, that's what it is. It's supposed to be this mm-hmm. way. And look at the way Denzel Washington dies for his woman. Why don't you die for me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't never right. die for me, nigga. Why don't you tell me? Like, that's not the way it actually is in real life. In real life. Not everybody's mm-hmm. a superhero, right. right? Not everybody's Denzel Washington. Not everybody has options, right? <laughs> okay, people do what they do, and it's like you got rock, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rock Steve said that. that, man. He was like, uh, "The broken families and, and Disney movies, and yeah, yeah, yeah." You're right. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, broken yeah. families and Disney movies, and then some prince, charming. Comes to save the day, yeah. To save the day. <laughs> he is literally for like they never show you after the movie where he has to continuously carry all those characters on his back right. for the next sixty-four years yeah. until he dies. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, that's not what life looks like. He doesn't carry them for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So why do we believe in that? Like they have to go back to living their regular life after that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the woman has to find a way to feel fulfilled with herself. Yeah. After she stops feeling fulfilled by her man or when he's not available to fulfill her, she has to find fulfillment in herself the same way a man does. If he only feels fulfilled when he's with his wife, then like life sucks, man. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, come on, you can't be with her all the time. You got to go to work. Mm -hmm. You got to do stuff. You got to pay some bills. You got to, yeah. (laughs) They don't show that. But a lot of women have this fairy tale, uh, uh, relationship in their head and it's like you have to fulfill that for them and we yeah, adults so it, yeah so yeah it's pressure on good guys too man because we want to do it you know but right. we can't yeah. when you look <laughs> at it, when you look at it you be like nah man that's it's not real yeah it's not me i'm not hercules yo i can't you know <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next for 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 it what's next for travis Man, uh, right now, man, I'm I, like I said, I just released this project, Survival Kit. Um, it's about you know, it's a mental health inspired um, 
EP with seven songs on it uh, mm-hmm. to get people through really tough times, man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the type of music that got me through depression, mm-hmm. um, even thoughts of suicide when I was really going through rough times, man, um, earlier in my life. Like uh, that therapy group, um, they're the ones that inspired me to make this album mm-hmm. because of a poem that I shared with them about um I, r- I wrote a poem for myself when i was going through a really dark time i have a seasonal depression that comes mm-hmm. back like every winter um a lot of people be going through it in the united states and stuff and um i was going through it and, and basically i wrote this poem in the springtime once mm-hmm. i got out of the seasonal depression and i finally felt like happy again and i wasn't mm-hmm. like in this really dark place like it was because the sun was coming out and it was spring and I wrote this poem for myself that was, it was painful, but it was like a reminder for myself for next year, like literally eight months from that point, I was going to be going through that same thing again, probably because it happens every year. Yeah, It was like something I could look back on to remind myself all the reasons why I can't ever think about committing suicide or ever think about taking myself out the game, because these are all the reasons that, you, you know, and you wrote this out of that pain. Mm. Okay. You don't forget that this that meant something and you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't gotta be there anymore. Like I just a message to myself. But I never really shared it with anybody because I was scared, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it was really me talking about my suicidal thoughts and personal stuff, man. And um I remember my family got really a little, you know, scared about it and stuff, but they my family told me not to release it, you know, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what people's families tell them to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to lie. That's what people's families most of the time tell them to do. Yo, keep the keep the drama like between us and the family. Yeah, they hold right? you back a little bit. Yeah, but releasing that helps don't you. Don't even tell the rest of the family, you know? Like, just just, just keep it between us. Like, they want to do that. Yeah. But everybody's going through it, bro. Mm-hmm. A lot of people going through it. And we all trying to put on that tough face. Nah. So the minute somebody doesn't put on that tough face and is real... I didn't realize how much it was going to affect people. But like I said, I wasn't sharing it. They told me, you have to share this poem. They're like, yeah, these are my brothers at at, uh, therapy. Mm -hmm. They're like, bro, I would have never thought that you were going through that, Trav. But now that you told me that, bro, I want to tell you something. I have thought about killing myself as Mm -hmm. much as, as recently as two weeks ago. Man. Okay. And... But I do, and I when we're in therapy, and they didn't talk about that. We're talking about other stuff, you know what I mean? And they, they weren't like they were holding that in at that point, and then we started talking about it. Yeah, and I felt more connected to this person who was nothing like me, by the way. This person is way older than me. They are a different ethnicity than me. They're a different lifestyle of all time. Like you know, we have a lot less in common than you would think. We had this in common, mm. and it was enough to make us both walk out of there stronger, you know? So they made, they really gave me the um, inspiration to share it with people. Mm-hmm. I put it out on Facebook, bro. And that v- the recording of the, the video of the poem, it wound up going viral, bro. It reached like 10 million people on Facebook Shit. and people just kept sharing it, bro. Like, I think, I think the main thing about it that made me happy bro was that it got shared 147,000 times or something like that mm-hmm. it was the sharing factor people were sharing the video with their friends and their family and tagging their friends and family's names in the comments 
and saying like, yo, this is what I've been trying to tell you about. This is what I've been going through. I know you don't get it, but like, Mm. please try and understand. Like they're using it as a bridge for the conversation they've been wanting to have with their family. Mm-hmm. Bro, that to me, that was like one of the best things that happened for me with my music, man. So um, I just felt like I was actually in service to people doing that, man. So, yeah, that's where this whole tape came from. And Survival Kit mm-hmm. is literally about that, man. Some people said that that poem saved their life and stuff like that when they were going through a tough time. They messaged me and said that. And um, so, you know, I was trying to keep that, keep that rolling, bro. You know, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly what I'm doing with this podcast. They hear people hear stories like this, and it it helps them. It helps them uh, get help and get therapy and put themselves out there and, and be open to others. So, Yo, thank bro, you for being. Big respect to you on doing this podcast, bro. Honestly, when you told me that you didn't have a lot of men that were willing to talk about this type of stuff, bro, mm-hmm. I I knew exactly what you were talking about, bro. Because we yeah. went with the same, same experience with men's therapy, like group therapy. It's yeah. not easy to find dudes that's ready to be open about this stuff, you know, and then make it public and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's not easy, bro. So shout to you for making the platform, bro. And thank you, man. It is an easy conversation to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot I told you that. Um, yeah. Because women, they left and right. They be like, oh, I want to tell my story. But the men, man, yeah. I got to go reaching out. I got to go reaching out every time. And it holds me back sometimes because I like to do a man, woman, uh, I like the alternate, the weeks. So you get a, a woman here, a man here, but the men don't ever want to share their stories. Yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah, it's not easy. But, but yeah, there's three questions I have. Oh my bad. There's no, three yeah. questions I have that I uh, uh, ask every podcast. The first one is the biggest lesson learned from this relationship with Tiffany. What is that? Mm-hmm. Biggest lesson learned: um, patience and grace. Patience and grace, man, honestly, because to deal with the uh, kind of attacks that she was antagonizing with, you know, long term on me, like over a long period of time, Mm -hmm. you have to be a strong person and not fight back, bro, and not become. Yeah, that's why I was surprised, man. I'm like, man, I have a short temper. So I was like, I would have I would have did something. (laughs) Yo, and a lot of people probably would have understood if I did do something. And you're like, man, I would have did the same thing. But you know who wouldn't have probably understood was the court, the police, yeah. you yeah. know, whatever. Like, So one way or another, um, it just taught me how to endure pain, bro. Mm-hmm. It taught me how to endure pain. Not that I should endure pain or that I have to in life and stuff. But everybody has to. And, like, if you have to go through it. Mm-hmm know that you're tough enough to get through anything. Like this person really tried to go to war with me at some point and I still didn't do it. It was like the ultimate test in like my faith in God that like God was going to create a way around this and that this was going to come to an end and that she wasn't going to have this power over me at all. Like, you know, going, you know, like it's not going to happen and that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be evil. I can keep being in God's light and somehow he's going to take care of it. And he did. And he did. And I got away scot-free. And I'll tell you the story about it today is a happy man. You know what I mean? That's I'd nice. rather be in that position instead of like, yo, yeah. So that's the reason why I got that thing on my record. 
you know yes. <laughs> like, i'd rather <laughs> that not be the end of the story you know uh, right cool, so. patience and grace that's that's good i like that one now yeah. for somebody going through a heartbreak or a breakup what's some advice you would give them man it always gets better if you believe it gets better man it always, it gets, always better. gets better if you believe it yeah. gets better yeah. Don't don't feel like this is the last one for you. That was it. It'll never get better for you. That's the one that got away. Mm-hmm. There's always life left to live. There's so much time for mm-hmm. things to turn around. You could end up back with that person as y'all both get to, you know, grow and stuff like that in your own lives. One of the people I admire the most in my life is my cousin. And he dated his girlfriend for years. They broke up for a couple of years. They were pretty much done with each other. And then they got back together and been married ever since then. And they're having a very happy life together, bro. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. things happen the way they happen. Don't give up, man. Mm -hmm. Never give up on yourself or on love or none of that. Like, just feel deserving of it, man. Feel deserving of love. Honestly, your life depends on it. Because if you don't feel that way, it's going to be very unattractive going on right. forward. Nobody going to want to be around your ass and then you're really going to be single and lonely, okay? So like, get over that <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> yeah. There's always somebody next, yeah, or something better next. Uh, yeah, yeah something better. Something for you, you know? Something yeah, yeah. Now, the last but not least, the song you like to dedicate to your ex. I couldn't open it because you put in you put a, a YouTube uh, link. Yeah. And I couldn't open it. What's yeah, the song you like um, to dedicate? So I recorded this song. Y'all know the song with uh, Russ and Bia. Um, uh, um, it's the freak song. Um, I got drip on the floor and it's getting nasty. She and picking his hands up over my ass cheeks. You know what I mean? Um, I did a remix on that uh, that I actually made about um, about my ex Tiffany mm-hmm. and about that scenario when I got caught up in her house. <laughs> and I had to run out naked and stuff like that and run across. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I dedicated that one to her because that was, like, one of the wildest, like, freak stories, like, that, you know, <laughs> that happened yeah. in my young life and stuff. So, yeah, I kind of put the whole story on wax and shit, you know. And what's the name of this? Where, where, where can people find it? Uh, best, uh, best on Earth. Best on Earth Remix. It's called, uh, yeah, Best on Earth Remix. IT official channel on YouTube. All right. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, a, that's funny. a funny story. If you want to hear the live, <laughs> direct, energetic, you know, version of this story, you know, with a beat behind it, go check that out, man. It's the wow. <laughs> All right. Um, where can people find you? And I appreciate you doing this episode, man. It was, it was a good one. Yo, for and sure, Funny man. story, man. <laughs> funny story. <laughs> Serious, but funny yeah, story. Yo, for real, man. Yeah, no, people Um, people can find me on Instagram. I'm, uh, I'm at, at IT official. Um, Facebook um, slash IT official channel. Um, yeah, my, my, my name on all platforms is i.t.official. Um, so yeah, I'm, and I'm on Spotify, you know, all the different streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. You can find me there. Um, check out Survival Kit on all streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate you doing this interview with me too, man. This was yeah, great. Man. When I'm in you know, LA, I got to go see that studio. I hope it's up and running because it's yeah. a nice place, a nice spot you got. You got hey, all the man. equipment, we have a, everything. We have another setup here for you to do a podcast over here when you pop through, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's get it. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I got to go. I got to get something to eat. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm starving. Here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. You just, and this will be out shortly. Thank you, man. And have a good sure, night. Um, sure. Bless. All right.